Today's daf is daf mem ches. Mayach. All right. We are holding, it's about six lines from the bottom of Mem Zayin base. So let's just recap. So because Moise is about to ask a halachic query, a shayulah. So we're going to clarify. We had a machlokas yesterday. Rechachamim shita is that when you allow someone to deposit something in your domain, or you give someone entrance to put something in your domain, you become de facto a shomer over it. Even without explicitly saying, I will take responsibility for your item, by letting him bring it in, you are, that's what you're saying. That was Chachamim Shita. Rebbe said, no. Rebbe said, because you say you can come in with your item, doesn't mean you can put it there, but I'm not taking responsibility unless what? Unless you explicitly say, I'm going to take responsibility for your item. So that was the Machlokas we had yesterday. Rashi explains the upcoming Shiloh is in both of those opinions. Meaning like this. You, somebody said, can I put this, can I leave this here? Right? And you said yes. Yes means yes and I'll take responsibility. I will make sure that my item doesn't, da- my, my property doesn't damage it, my ox doesn't damage it, and I'll make sure that I take responsibility that my items won't become damaged by it. That's what the Chachamim said is implicit in the uh, permission. According to, uh, 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 and according to Rebbe, if he, he has to say it. So we're talking about a case, according to Rebbe, he did say, fine, I'll take responsibility. The question is, to the what level, both in the Chachamim Shita, when it's implicitly implied, and in Rebbe's Shita, when it's explicitly implied, to what level of responsibility is a person willing to, to accept? Meaning like this, let's say Ruvain took responsibility for Shimon's property, Shimon's item that came into his Rishus, either implicitly according to the Chachamim, explicitly according to Rebbe. And then Levi's ox wanders in and damages it. Is that gonna make Ruvain responsible? When Ruvain says, I'm taking responsibility, what level is he saying? Is I'm taking responsibility that my items won't damage it. But is he also taking responsibility that somebody else's from outside won't come in and damage? Or he says, listen, Levi's property, that's on Levi. I don't take responsibility for Levi. I take responsibility for me, Ruvain, that my items won't damage you, Shimon. But I'm not willing to take responsibility for Levi. That's the most question is to what level of responsibility is the Balabai, the Balachotzer, accepting upon himself, whether either implicitly according to Chachamim, explicitly according to Rebbe, when he says, I will take responsibility. That's the Shiloh. Right? Clear? Let's go. Iboyeluhu, the Bnei Yeshiva had the following Shiloh. In a case where acceptance, he accepted upon himself responsibility, again, either implicitly or explicitly, depending on the sheetas. Mahu, what is the capacity, what is the extent of his, uh, his, his liability? Is it his own items? Is, 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 my, I will not damage you. That's what he accepted upon himself. Or even that your item won't be damaged even from the outside. I accept that I'll make sure and I'm liable if that would happen. That's the Shiloh. So Tashima, one of the things they have a raya from the following Brysa. What does it say in the Brysa? The Tani Rabbi Yehuda Bar Simon Benezok in the Bekarna. That when they were learning Masechas, the Zok, and remember originally Baba Kama Benzir Baba Basra was one long Masech, the Masech Nezokin, and this was taught in the Yeshiva of Karna, and this was a Brysa that was taught in that Masech. What did it say over there? 
So we have a situation over here, and now using the names that we just said, Shimon went and brought produce into Ruvain's courtyard without asking Rishus. He just left produce there. And Levi's ox, Levi's an outsider, Levi's ox came for Achlon and ate that produce. Potter, he is exempt. Now it's not clear who is exempt. That we're going to have to discuss over here. So again, the case was Shimon brought it into Ruvain's Rishus without permission. Levi's ox came and ate it. It says Potter is Potter. However, if Shimon did have permission to, to leave the, 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 the produce there, then Chayev. So that's the Brysa. So the Brysa says without Rishus Potter, with Rishus Chayev. Now, man potter, man chayev. Who does the b'risa mean when it says that he's potter and he is chayev? Right, who are we referring to? So, Gmar says like this, Lechora, the Pashib shot would be referring to Ruvain, the owner of the courtyard, the Balabais. That's who we're referring to. And now, this would, this would answer up our Shaila, because what is it saying? If Shimon brought it in without permission, and Levi's ox goes and eats it, then who's potter? Ruvain's potter, why? Because since Ruvain did not give Shimon permission to put it in there, he's not accepting upon himself responsibility, therefore Ruvain is potter. You wanna fight it out with Levi, go fight it out with Levi, but it's got nothing to do with me, Ruvain, I didn't accept responsibility. However, in the second part of the Brysa where Ruvain gave Shimon responsibility, so then it's saying over there in such a case, then Levi comes and eats it, David's ox eats it, then Chayev, Reuven's Chayev, because when Reuven gave permission, either with, uh, with uh, explicit saying a uh, uh, statement, I will take responsibility, or implicitly, you see that he's accepting upon himself even to make sure that Levi's ox won't come in and damage the property of Shimon, and that would be Poshet the Shaila. So, Chayra, my love is not going on. That would be the simplest understanding of reading it, and then we answered up our Shaila. On this, the Gemara pushes back. Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva, said, Loi, it's not a Raya. Because maybe it's not saying that the Ptur and the Chiyuv is not going on the Baal HaChotzer. Who is the Ptur and the Chiyuv going on? Maybe it's going on the Baal HaShur. It means from the standpoint of the Baal HaChotzer, he's Potter across the board. Because he accepts Rishus, doesn't mean he accepts Rishus for Levi. So who's the Ptur and Chayv going It's going on the Baal HaShur. It's going on Levi. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to understand this. But it's saying is that if Shimon brought it in without permission, then Levi's ox is going to be potter. V'chai of Baal means, and if, and, and, and if Levi brought it in with permission, I'm sorry, and, and if Shimon brought it in with permission, then Levi is going to be chayev. So, Frek the Gemara, why should the liability of Levi have anything to do with whether or not Shimon had permission to leave it there. It means it makes a difference if you look at it from the standpoint of the owner of the courtyard. But if it's not talking about the owner of the courtyard, we're talking about from the standpoint of the owner of the ox, the owner of Levi, then who cares whether Shimon had permission to bring it there or didn't have to bring it there. So, Ibala, sure, if it's we're talking about the uh, Levi, the owner of the ox, so, my Bershus, my Shalabershus, what difference does it make whether it was done with Bershus or not done with Bershus? So, Gmar says, yeah, Gavaldik. Let's go back now to the beginning of Alma Sechta. The Gmar says like this, Lechorah, if the animal ate the produce, which one of the Avos Nezakin are we dealing with over here? Not all at once. Shane. Shane. We're dealing with Shane. It's the, they're the tooth, right? Now, we also learned at the beginning of the Masechta 
second parak and the first parak, is that Shane is only Chayev Bershusa Nezak. Is it's only Chayev where it's the the, the, the Mazik went into the Nizak's Rishus. But if it's in a Rishus Arabim or in a place where they both have permission to be, then there is no liability of Shane. So says the Gemara Gavaldi. Says the that's the shot over here. If Shimon had permission to be there, okay? So then once Shimon has permission to be there, he becomes like, it's, it's as if he has a Kenyan in the Chatzah. When, when, when Reuven says, you can leave it there, it's as if I'm giving you a right in there. So it's like considered like your domain. Now when Levi's ox wanders in, so then what's the din? It comes out that this is Shane B'Shosh Levi's ox is the mazik. Who's considered to be for the, the, for the sake of the damage is the owner of the, the courtyard? Shimon. And therefore, that's why when it's done brishus, then Levi's ox is chayef. But if Shimon did not have a right to be there to begin with, it comes out that Shimon doesn't have a right to be there and Levi doesn't have a right to be there. So they're on equal footing. If they're on equal footing, you cannot call that Rishus Anizak. Since you cannot call that Rishus Anizak, there'll be no Chi of Shane under such a circumstance and uh, Levi will be Potter. Clear? Everyone get that. Adam, you're with me? Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, good. Tomorrow says as follows. Tomorrow says like this, Rishus, if it's done with permission, means Shimon had a right to be there, then you have the damage of shame. In Rishus Anizak, where one party was considered to be the right to be there, the other one did not, and there's a chiyav, Shem Rishus Anizak chayevus. Shalob but when Shimon did not have a permission to be there, so neither did Shimon have a right to be there, neither did Levi, they were on equal footing. It's like being in Rishus Arabim, where neither one has any right to be there over the other one. Rishus Rishus Arabim is Petura, and that's why it would be a case of Ptur if Shimon. So, so that knocks out the proof, because the proof would only be a good proof. We're talking about the chiyav of Ptur, Concerned from the perspective of of the uh, of Ruvain, the homeowner, we say you have no raya. So our shaila is still a shaila. If you, if the homeowner gives permission, whether implicitly or explicitly, for Shimon to put his stuff there, does he also accept liability from an outsider damaging the item that has not been uh, has been not been resolved? So let's try bring a raya from the second Bryson. Tasha, I'll come and listen. Now, the only thing that's going to change in this Bryce, it's going to be exactly the same thing, but in this case, Shimon is not going to be bringing in produce. Shimon is also going to be bringing in an ox. Shimon brings an ox, and Levi's ox, Gores, comes from the outside and Gores Shimon's ox. Now, why this changes the issue is because we're not talking about Shane anymore. What are we talking about now? Right? If it's Levi's ox... The only thing we're changing in the second price, we're not talking about Shimon brought produce. We're talking about Shimon brought an ox, and Levi's ox came and gored Shimon's ox. So we're no longer talking about the Nezek of Shane. What are we going to be talking about in this price? The Nezek of Karen. Now in the Nezek of Karen, Lechorah, according to the Chachamim, it makes no difference whether that happens in a Rishus HaNezek, or that happens in Rishus... Harabin. That's the only tweak we're going to say here, and then we're going to try to bring a rise. Let's see it inside. If Shimon brought his ox into Ruvain's domain, into Ruvain's court, what, without Ruvain's permission, and Levi's ox came from the outside, and it gored Shimon's ox, Potter. 
Again, he is Potter. Who the he is, we'll have to see. But if Shimon had a right, he brought it in with permission. Reuven gave Shimon permission to bring in his ox. And then Levis came in and gored Shimon's ox, Chayev. Now, man, Potter, my Chayev. Who is the Potter and who's the Chayev in the ration the safe of this Brysa? So, when says, Lav, is it not referring to Potter Balabais, Vachayev Balabais? And now, if it's focusing on the Balabais, we've answered our Shiloh. If Shimon, had a no, Shimon did not get permission to be there, so then the Balabais is not responsible for Shimon's ox. Levi's ox wanders in and gores Shimon. Shimon cannot complain to the Balabais. I, how do you let my ox get gored? Reuven says, Who said you had your ox? Had no right to be there. I'm not responsible for your ox. However, if Shimon gave permission, if Reuven gave permission to Shimon to bring his ox in, and then Levi's ox comes in and gores, then the Balabais will be chayef. Why? Because we have a raya. Is that when you give permission, either implicitly or explicitly, and you say, I'm going to safeguard your animal, you're not just safeguarding it from your own, from Reuven's own animals, he's also safeguarding it from outside animals, and you have a raya that Reuven be chayef for Levi's ox goring Shimon. That's the, that's the raya we want to bring. Someone says, Loy, you have no raya. Again, same type of answer we said before. We're not talking about the chiv of the ptur. From Reuven's perspective, Reuven, either way, whether he gave Shimon permission or he did not give Shimon permission, Reuven is not responsible for what Levi's animal does to Shimon. Reuven's only responsible for what Reuven's animal does to Shimon, but not Levi's. But so then what's the chiv of ptur going on? It's Balashor. It's going on Levi. Levi, the owner of the animal that gored Shimon, said if Shimon brought it in with permission, Ruve Alevi is 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 Potter. If, uh, if 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 Shimon brought it in, uh, if I'm sorry, the other way around. If if Shimon brought it in without permission, then Levi will be Potter. If Shimon brought it in with permission, then Levi will be Chay. So Potter, look, Potter Balashor, Vachay Balashor. Again, the Gemara asks. Now, this is a much stronger question than before. The Gemara says like this: What difference does it make whether the Shimon had permission or did not have permission? Why does permission in the courtyard of Ruvain make a difference whether? Levi will be liable or Levi will be Potter. How does Rishus or not Rishus have a difference? Now, before we answered, because if you have permission, then you become the owner of the, of the Chatzah. That's considered Shane Rishus Anizak. But you can't give the answer like that now. Why can't you give that answer, Adam? We're dealing with Karen. Ah, because we're dealing with Karen. Good, you're awake. Because we're dealing with Karen, you can't give that answer. So, Iachi, so Mara says, My Bishus, my Shalom Bishus. So, what difference make of his Bishus, the Lord Shalom Bishus? So, Amri says, The Gemara Gavaldi. Gemara says, Similar answer like before, but we're not going in the Chachamim Shita. Remember, the Chachamim Shita is Karen makes no difference. Rishus Rabim, Rishus Nizak, it's all the same. What does it mean it's all the same? If it's a Tom, the, punish, the, the payment for the Karen will be what? Chatsi Nezek, and if it's a Muad, what will it be? Nezek Shalom. Who does, it does make a difference in the sheet of Rabbi Tarfun. Why does it make a sheet on the sheet of Rabbi Tarfun? Because Rabbi Tarfun says that a Tom is only Chatsi Nezek in Rishus Rabim, where they both had rights to be there. But if your animal goes into Rishus Nezek, and without permission, and went in and gored the Nezek, then even a Tom, what's going to be the punishment? Nezek Shalem. So says the Gemara, that's the pshat over here. The pshat is as follows. If Shimon had permission to be there, then Levi is going to be Chayev. When it says Chayev, it means he'll be Chayev according to Rabbi Tarf for Nezek Shalem. 
when Shimon did not have permission to be there, which means both Shimon did not have permission to be there and Levi did not have permission to be there, ostensibly it's like being in Rosh Hashanah in that neither one has more rights to be there over the other one. So in such a case, Levi will be potter. What does it mean he'll be potter? He'll be potter from Nezek Sholem. But of course, what is he going to have to pay? Katsinet. If we're dealing with, because we're dealing with a tom. That's what it means. So chayv and potter doesn't mean completely chayv and completely potter. Chayv and shalom. We're focusing on whether it'll be a punishment of nezek shalom, according to Tarfun, in a case where the animal is a tom. Good? So it begs a, yeah, good, but it begs a, uh, Yeah, okay, so let's go. So I'm going to, the Bnei Yeshiva answered, how many Rabbi Tarfani, that the author of this b'risa is going to be like Rabbi Tarfan. The Amr Meshuna Karen. Meshuna Karen means the abnormal Karen. Abnormal Karen is a case of Tom. The first couple of times, of course, is considered abnormal. It's not considered to be that it's, it's part of its nature. It's not, uh, it, it's not considered the nature and a natural act for the animal. And in the Chatzar Nizak, but when it's in a Chatzar Nizak, in the damaged party's domain, Nezek Shalem Shalem, you still have to pay full damage. Therefore, Bashus, if Shimon had a right to be there, so that Shimon's right to be there as if Reuven gives him a right, a Kenyan in the in the in the in the, in the property. So then then when, when Levi wanders in, his ox wanders in and damages Shimon, that's considered Karen Nizak, and therefore Meshalem Nezek Shalem. So Chayev means Chayev Nezek Shalem. But if Shimon did not have permission to be there with Shalom Bershus, Sahavale then it's considered like Rishus Rabin. It's not actually Rishus Rabin because it's Rishus of Ruvain. But for the two of them, it's like Rishus Rabin because neither one has any more rights to be there because neither one had rights to be there. So therefore, Velo Meshalem, so it's Potter. But it doesn't mean Potter. It doesn't mean Potter from Chatzin Nezek. Potter over here means Potter from Nezek Shalem. So Lo Meshalem, Ela Chatzin Nezek, all you pay is Chatzin Nezek, but you Potter from paying Nezek Shalem. Again, we have rebuilt the proof that we want trying to bring that the that the Baal Habais when he gives permission for the uh, for Shimon to bring in he takes responsibility does he take responsibility for Levi's or not we thought we had a Ryan's responsible for Levi's animal also that it would damage Shimon we see we have no proof so now the Mora brings down a story there was a certain woman she got permission and she went to bake. She had, uh, was, had dough and, and she wanted to bake bread and she got permission to bake in the ovens of a certain person's house. Okay, so therefore this lady goes into Ruvain's house to bake. Asa Barcha de Mare de Besa. Ruvain's goat, Barcha is a goat. So Ruvain's goat comes and sees there is dough and Achla Elisha and consumed the dough. And I guess Dough and goat do not go well together. All right? So then, Chavil, Rashi learns, the animal overheated. Somehow this affects the heating system of the goat and umis, and now we have a dead goat. All right? Chiva rova lishlume demei barcha. Rava obligated this woman who brought the dough to have to pay the value of the goat. All right? So now we're going to have to understand why this is the case. Because Lechora, this seems to fly in the face of what we learned before. Because we just said, according to Chachamim, when you give permission to someone to bring an animal into your house, you take responsibility that A, your animal will not damage them, 
and that if they damage you, they will not be held liable. And here that seems to be the opposite because she was coming into the house of Reuven and Reuven's animal ate the dough and who had to pay, according to Rava? Rava made her pay. Woman, yeah. yeah, why is she responsible over here? So we'll see, we'll get to that. But they want to ask a different question. We had yesterday, we had a situation where the brides, it was, it was based, I guess, on the Mishnah. The Mishnah stated that if a person brought produce into, uh, the Shimon brought produce without permission into the house of Ruvain, and Ruvain's animal got damaged, so we said over there, Shimon has to pay Ruvain for the damage. And Rava stated it's only if the animal slipped on the produce, slipped and hurt itself on the produce, damaged itself on the produce. But if the animal went over and ate it, and because the eating overate and got sick and got and damaged from the eating, so then Shimon doesn't have to pay. Because Shimon can say to Ruvain, who told your animal to eat? Your animal shouldn't have eaten. That's what we, had, we learned yesterday. So when it says the Choro, what we're learning right now seems to be contrary to that, that halacha. So when it says like this, Lema, uh, it was, was Rav, not Rava. Rav said this yesterday. So Lema Pligi de Rav is Rava, which Rava can't argue with Rav. Rav was an earlier uh, Amora, a borderline Tana. How can Rava disagree with him a few generations later? And, Rav, and Rava says over here that the woman has to pay. Why? According to Rav, she should be able to say, who told your animal to eat? eat the dough, right? So Lema Pliga de Rav, is Rav's ruling arguing with that of Rav, to Amar Rav, because Rav said, that, that in the case we learned before, by the way, when the animal got damaged from the produce, it had to be slipped on the produce, because otherwise the owner of the produce could say to the owner of the animal, your animal should not have eaten my produce. So Mara says, that is not a valid question. Why? Because the scenarios are different. In the case of Rav, we're talking about a case where a person brought their produce without permission. A person brought in their produce without permission and your animal walked over and ate it. So Rav, says, so, so Rav said over there is that, 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 uh, that the, the owner of the produce could say to the owner of the animal, your, your animal should not have eaten it. And I'm not responsible for your animal. I did this without permission. It's true, I did it without permission, but I, don't, I'm the, I didn't accept to watch your animal either. So therefore, but that was a case when it was brought in without permission. In this case, the woman did bring in the dough with permission. She brought it in with permission. And for some reason, we'll have to see, but now she accepts on herself liability. Now, if she accepts on herself liability, therefore, she cannot say your animal should not have watched it. Once she accepts on herself liability, she is responsible to make sure Ruben's animal doesn't eat it, and therefore, if the animal did eat it and die, she is responsible. So, Amri Achi Hashta, what's the comparison to the case of Rav? In the case of the produce, where the animal, if it would eat the produce, and die. That was done where the person brought the produce without permission. So for sure he did not accept responsibility to make sure Ruvain's animal wouldn't eat it. And therefore, as long as it's not that the animal slipped on it, he can't say your animal shouldn't have slipped. That's not the animal's fault. But the animal shouldn't have eaten something, especially something that is uh, overate or did something that is not the norm. So therefore, he didn't accept on himself to watch the animal shouldn't do something that deviates from the norm. But hacha, but over here, it's bershus. And even though maybe goats don't generally or shouldn't generally eat dough, but she accepted on herself, it's done with permission, she accepts on herself liability of the dough, and therefore she has to make sure the animal doesn't, uh, does, she safeguards that the animal won't eat it. So kabla alei 
Now, the Gemara, the, now Rashi throws in over here and tells us, explains it a, a little more, is that Lechora, why are we ignoring the fact, the Gemara is going to touch on it coming up, but Lechora, just to start with, why are we ignoring the fact that both according, uh, 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 at least according to Chachamim, maybe you could argue, but at least according to Chachamim, when you give someone permission, the liability of watching should be on who? The person you gave permission to, or the other person, or the person who gave you, were saying it is on the bottom of the, of the house. On oh, the homeowner. So why over here did they make the woman who brought in the dough responsible for what happened to the homeowner's goat? The chora, you gave permission she can bake in your kitchen. Whose responsibility should make sure that the goat doesn't eat it? It should be the homeowner. on the homeowner. So, so, so Tosa says over here, and, 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 and uh, that like this, Tosa says is that generally when you give someone permission to put something down, what are you assuming? Is the guy going to stay with it or he's not going to stay with it? That the guy's going to leave it and walk away. He's going to leave and walk away. So therefore the understanding over here, that's why when you say you can put it down, I'm going to take responsibility. So in the case of the woman... In the case of the woman, for sure the guy is not sticking around, and she is sticking around. Why is she not? Taisman says because there's that she's a woman, and therefore she's a woman. What kind of problems does it create? Yechud problems. So over here you're leaving and she's staying. So the one understood that therefore you can't mean. That's what the, the Havamina was. You couldn't mean that I'll, you leave and I'll take responsibility because me taking responsibility means I have to be around, but I can't be around. Why can't I be around? Because there's Yechud issues. So therefore in this case she has to take responsibility and that's why she had to pay. Our only question was, but the animal shouldn't have eaten. That's not on, that, that you can't make that answer where you take responsibility because you have to make sure the animal doesn't eat it even if it's something that normally the animal would eat. That's the shock of a target. So, so if we took away the yichud issue, the, the guy is there and his wife... What's that? ...was there and then the, and the, and the outside cook. And suddenly... If the guy was able to stay because that's it. Well, wait, 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 wait. Just let's, 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 let's just finish, finish the sugya and then we'll ask a question. So my shno, says the Gemara, one second. If you're telling me when it's a woman involved and the guy can say you've got responsibility for it, then why is it different from the following situation? So my shno me'aisha, shenichnesa litchon chitin etzabalabais. I believe we had this b'risa yesterday on Memzayim. It says as follows, that a woman got permission to come and grind her wheat. Right? The guy had a millstone and he came and took permission to come and grind her wheat. Etzel balabayas. She came permission to grind her wheat by the balabayas. Shalobershus. Now, I'm sorry, she didn't get permission. The first day, the case over there was she went in and she. Uh, so that she went and she ground the wheat. The first case was over there, Shalobershus. All right? Now, what happened was, so she's grinding the wheat. And So it says over there that uh, the, the homeowner's animal came along and ate her wheat, damaged her by eating her wheat. So putter, the homeowner is not going to have to pay for the wheat. Why won't the homeowner pay for the wheat over there? Again, she came in without permission. Homeowner's animal goes over and eats her wheat. So why would he not eat? What have to? Why would he not have to pay for it? 
she has a permission. She's trespassing. She's trespassing. You can't say, oh, shouldn't have eaten my way. You shouldn't have been there. So you won't have to pay for it. Now, the im huska, however, all right, and if in fact the animal by eating the wheat ended up getting damaged, so then Chayavas, she is responsible because she brought a damaging agent. Wheat and, 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 and animals don't good go together. So she, go, and therefore, she, uh, it, no, by the way, but the case over there was the animal didn't eat it. We learned, like the Mishnah, the animal, did, the animal slipped on it. According to Rav, over there, according to Rav, you'd be able to say your animal shouldn't have eaten it, but he didn't. He went and he walked and he took a headlong slide, face planted, based on this wheat and got damaged. So therefore, Chayevus, she's Chayevus. Now, what's the reason over there that she assumed full liability, A, for the animals getting hurt, and B, for her own stuff getting damaged? Shalom because she went and did it without permission. What does that imply? Haber if she would have asked for shus, can I come in and use your grind, uh, your, your, your millstone to grind my wheat? What would have been the rule? that she would not have been held responsible, that she had permission, and therefore, if in fact the animal would have been hurt, she would be patura. Now our question is, so why is it, why is it different than the case of the baking? If Tosos was right, when it's a woman, you assume the husband's, the, the owner's gonna leave because he doesn't wanna have yichud, so therefore what's the difference when the woman got permission to come bake? And dare we say that if our dog ate the dough, that the woman has to pay the owner because of the, the dough, if the dough got, the killed the, the animal, so she has to pay. So he said, because she takes responsibility and tells us where it was, because she's there, the guy leaves because of Yechud. Well, if that's true, then say the same thing by the case of the wheat, that when she gets permission, she should be responsible and not the owner of the animal. So Gemara says like this, the difference is false. It's not a Yechud issue. Because yichud can be easily avoided. You just make sure your wife is there with you, right? Have other people there. The issue is the type of activity. Grinding wheat does not require rolling up your sleeves. And therefore, so therefore it's not an activity that the husband can, has, has an issue with being around because the activity itself does not create an uncomfortable situation and therefore, he, he gives permission, he's supposed to be there making sure his animal doesn't damage her and she doesn't damage the animal. But baking, by definition, when women have to bake, what do they have to do? They have to roll up their sleeves and therefore the husband is not going to want to be, or at least should not want to be, there when she is doing the baking and therefore it's understood that he can't be there to watch what happens with his animal. So therefore liability falls on her, rests with her and not on the homeowner. That's the difference over there. So when it says, for the grinding of wheat came into you don't need any sense of privacy of tzniyas. So therefore the owner of the chatzar by giving permission, he's not removing himself from any sense of liability. He has full sense of liability in that case. And it's on him. 
that the safeguarding of the product and of his animals, you can get damages on him. for when it comes to baking, came in the boy hits new, so that is an activity that requires a certain level of privacy, right? Because she has to roll up her sleeves to do to 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 to, to bake. Therefore, in order to knead the dough, so So therefore, even though he gave permission for, but he removes himself from the area in order to allow her to do this in private. And therefore, the understanding is who assumes responsibility for her property while the rolling and baking is going on? She does. It's placed upon her the guarding. Okay. As long as somebody from the the Rashut of the Baal stayed, let's say the guy's wife or the guy's uh, cleaning lady or somebody stayed there, you're right. That would that the chorus should be if the pshat's based on that, and we know there is going to be somebody there. Then you can't say it shifts, like you're saying. Yes. Right. Right. Let's go on. Now, All right. So uh, the Gemara now is going to talk about a different situation where a person's ox damages in somebody else's rishus. So I'm a rovo. So let's say Ruvain, uh, or we had the case, let's go with the same names. Shimon brought his ox into Ruvain's courtyard, or Ruvain's chotzer. And this, this ox dug either a pit, a ditch, or he dug an under, uh, a, a, a cave. All right. These are all considered forms of boros. These are boros. These are dangerous things for people to fall into. Now, so what happens is, but it also damaged the courtyard because you don't want these holes in your courtyard. So Balashor Chai Chatzer. So Balashor, which in this case was Shimon, he is responsible to pay Ruvain for the damage that his animal caused in Ruvain's courtyard. Okay. But now, fast forward. Let's say Shimon pays Ruvain, Shimon takes off. Levi wanders into that courtyard, and property of Levi, all right, ends up falling into that pit, all right? Let's see, Levi's uh, ox falls into that pit. Now, what is the din in such a case? So you'd say, well, who's responsible? Who should be responsible? So now, Shimon already paid Ruvain for it. So Shimon has removed himself. Lechara, you could say, is that now it should fall on Ruvain. However, we learned that there is a Xeris HaKosuv, is that a bar is only high when it's created by a man, not when it's created by an animal. So you could say, well, this is short, this is uh, this kiyachra shor bor, kiyachra ish bor, velo shor bor. So the chorah ruvain should be potter. So let's see inside. Tomorrow says, ubala chotzer, and the owner of the chotzer ruvain, chayyu benixia bor, benixia bor. He's chayyu for the damages created by the bor. It means Shimon's animal falls into this, ruvain will have to pay. Even though we've learned earlier in the Masech, that if a man digs a pit and an animal falls in, that's when the Torah requires there be uh, a compensation. But lo, but not an, uh, an ox. 
So if your ox dug a hole, you're not responsible for the hole that was dug by the ox. So why is it different over here? So Gemara says as follows. It's because that's talking about like in Rosh Hashanah So in Rosh Hashanah your animals walking through Rosh Hashanah it decides to go ahead and dig itself a nice hole and then wanders off and somebody falls into it, you're exempt. But when it's in your own private property, something else comes into play. Because like this, when an animal dug in your private property, you could argue that even though you didn't dig the hole, but now that it's in your property, you have responsibility to do what? To fill the hole. You can't, in private property, it's not my property. So therefore, so a garter to fill it, there you could say is, okay, my ox dug, it's not my responsibility, it's not my hole. But here it's in your property, it is your hole. And in fact, you already collected payment. For it. You're, you're charging so therefore in such a case the fact that you didn't fill it we don't attribute it anymore to the animal that dug it who do we attribute it to you. to you and therefore it's considered like it's the bore of an ish not the bore of a shore okay so what is it like this so it says mm-hmm. since the 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 responsibility to fill it was on the owner of the property and he didn't go and fill it up it's as if he himself dug it and therefore it's no longer going to be short bore it's ish bore and he is high let's go right to this is a case where the original ox that dug the hole came in without permission into the homeowner's courtyard, right? Yes. And so, and let's say the, that original homeowner doesn't even know the hole's there. No, well, well, it says that he had a time to, re- to fill it, so that must be that he did know that it was there. How did he charge the, the guy for, filling his, for, for, for making the hole if he didn't know it was there? I'm a robber. Again, another case where that Shimon brought his ox into Reuven's courtyard without permission. The Hizek as Baal Habayas, all right? And the ox damaged the owner. O Baal Habayas, Huzakbo. Or what happened wasn't a direct damage. The ox didn't directly damage the homeowner. The owner tripped, let's say, over the ox. So the ox didn't do it with intention. But nevertheless, the end of the day is the owner trips and got hurt by tripping over an ox that was not supposed to, to be, be there. Right. All right? Chayev. The, the ox's owner is Chayev. Meaning the intent of the ox doesn't make a difference anymore because the fact is the owner is not supposed, the ox is not supposed to be there. Therefore, either way, the homeowner collects from the owner of the ox. Now, what happens? Ravats, if the ox crouch down, then potter, he'll be potter. Now this is an enigmatic statement. Well, so what if the ox crouched down? What does that mean? When it says, Mishum de Ravat's potter, because the ox crouched down, is potter, meaning what's it talking about? Where it crouched down and the owner and the homeowner fell over it? Why would that make a difference? So what does crouching down over here have anything to do with anything? So Amara Papa is my Ravat's, what does it mean to crouch down? Shehir bits glolim, that it defecated. The animal defecated and the dung damaged items that were belonging, vessels or garments that belonged to the homeowner. But not for Caleb Shalbalabais, and it caused damage to some vessels or garments that belonged to the homeowner. Now Rashi explains that we're not talking about that it happened directly from the animal onto the vessels, onto the garments, because that would be like Tsroros. 
That would be like kicking pebbles, or that could be, you could argue that that might be, so therefore you should be chayv in that scenario too. So what happened over here? What happened was the animal defecated, and the, 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 the uh, excrement was piled up, and somehow the owner's garments or the owner's vessels got damaged by it. Now why are you putter if you are the owner of the ox? Because what of the foreigner's zokim would that fall under, would you think, if there's a pile, your animal made a pile of excrement in somebody else's yard. You would say it's bor. Okay, now we know bor is only chayev on shor. Shor falls into it, not kalim. So therefore, since it's bor, and bor does not, you're not chayev on damaging someone's kalim with a bor. So therefore, you're potter. That's what it's saying. That's why Raja says it can't be came directly from the animal, because it came directly from the animal, then it might be, that's no longer, that's not considered bor. It might be trolros, it might be gufo, but that's not bor. So Mora says like this, Mishum, so Mora says, Admai Ravat, Shehir the animal defecated, but not for kalim, it's and the animal bias's garments became dirtied from the dung that was piled. To have a because the excrement is considered to be bor. We don't find that bor you're chayev for kalim. You're a chayev on kalim if they get damaged through a bor. Now, Gemara takes us back now to a couple brokim. We had a huge machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel held that you're chayev on bor, whether it's your bor or it's not your bor. Whether it's hefker or it's not hefker, if it's if there's a package in Rosh Hashanah, it's bor. If there's a pile that someone trips over, it's bor, even if it's owned by you. Rav said, no, if you own it, it's considered to be like shor. It's mamana mazik. It's not considered to be bor. Now, the answer that we gave right now is that what the Mura assumes right now, the excrement still belongs to the owner of the cow. And therefore, according to Shmuel, that works out because it's still got a din of bor, even though it's owned by somebody else, but it's still bor, and bor your partner and Kalim. But according to Rav, if it's not Hefker, then it doesn't fall under bor. It falls under Shara Mazik, Mamana Mazik. And therefore, Mamana Mazik, you're Chayv and Kalim. So how could this Bryce, again, it's a Bryce. Again, they, they, you don't want to make Rav argue with the Bryce. This only works with the Shmuel, the Amar, Takola, Bor, that any obstacle, anything that you put in to an area where somebody trips over whether you own it or not is Borhu but according to Rav if you still own it it's not Bor if you, until you be Mafker the item so Michael what are you going to say so what it says it's pretty certain that if your animal defecates somewhere that the person no longer considers the excrement to be his item right Take a look, go out, walk down uh, Chandler, and you'll see that once the animal ex- uh, defecates, people leave it behind. It's not considered to be their item. So the bottom line is, therefore, it does become Hefker. And therefore, even according to Rav, you can assume that it falls under the category of Bor. And if it falls under the category of Bor, therefore, it will not be Chayev on Kalim. All right. So therefore, so my eklamemers amri stam glolim afkuri mafkulu that stam glolim people are mafkiv. I'm a rovo. Rovo said too. Nichnas lechotzer balabai shelo bershus. Another case. The animal wandered into someone's uh, courtyard without permission. Vehizik as balabais and it damaged the balabais. Oh balabais huzak bo. Or again, the balabais tripped over it. Chayev, the owner of the shore is chayev. Whether intended, did not intend. Either way, he's trespassing. Doesn't have a right to be there. Now, hey zika balabais. What happens? The balabais got upset 
Hey, what, or, what's that animal doing? He pulls out his gun and shoots the animal, damages the animal. Now, in such a case, right, the... Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I, I read this incorrectly. Heziko uh, Balabais. Oh, we have an, I've, I've, I'm jumping the gun. Heziko Balabais. If the Balabais damaged the animal, the Balabais is potter because the animal's trespassing. Comes along Rapapa and qualifies that. Amr Rapapa. Loy Amran Yada Bay. You can only say the homeowner is exempt from the damage he causes the ox is if it happened inadvertently, right? He stood on the animal because he didn't know the animal was there. He backed into the animal with his truck because he did not know the animal was there. So it wasn't a willful damage to the animal, right? However, you saw the animal was there and you went out of your way to run it over or shoot the animal, say, they'll be high. If my time, what's the reason for that? I, the animal is trespassing, says more fine. Because the owner of the animal can say to the you have a right, it's true, you have a right to kick my animal out because my animal should not be there. But that does not give you carte blanche to do what? to damage my animal. You don't have a right to go out of your way to damage my animal. That you don't have a right to do. And therefore you have to pay. So that's a little bit of a chiddush. Because you might have thought, you know, trespassers beware. If you're trespassing, all bets are off, right? No, no, it doesn't work that way. You have a right to kick the guy out, or to kick the animal out. You don't have a right to go ahead and damage because the person is trespassing. For Azla Tamayu, and they follow their reasoning. The wording is not really normally. Azla Tamayu, usually when you have machlokas, and this one goes according to one reason, that goes around. Here it's all one thing. Rav, Rav said something, was qualified by Rapapa's Talmud, and the ones bring a proof that they're, they're not proof, the ones supporting it by something else that Rav and sometimes, or, or Rapapa said. That Rav said, and some said it was Rapapa that said it. All right. Let's say two people have a right to be in a certain place. Raji says it's either Rishus Arabim or it's a jointly owned courtyard, all right? Or you allowed someone to come into your Rishus like the Chacham Mashita, that, 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 that implicit is that we both have a right to be there, right? Or they're in a place where, again, neither one has a right to be there. Interesting, Raji says so they're both running in Rishus Arabim. Running in Rishus Arabim, neither one has a right to run in Rosh Hashanah, and Ezekiel said, and they damaged each other. The point is they're on equal playing fields. Either they both have a right to be there, or they both do not have a right to be there, and they damaged one another. Chayavin, there is liability, they are liable. If, in fact, one got damaged by the other one, right, one tripped over the other one, so then, Peturin, they are potter. So what do you see? You see that you cannot act, even if they don't, that the bird doesn't have a right to be there, you don't have a right to go ahead and actively damage. If the, it was exactly right. Now, time or the shneim b'shuz, the shneim shalom In that case, they're on equal footing. Aval, echad b'shuz, echad shalom However, if they are if they both are, if one of them has permission to be there, and one of the other, and person does not have to be permission to be there, the Bershus, the one with permission, is Potter. Shalom Bershus, the one without permission, will be Chayim. Now, what is this bringing a Raya for a purpose? We're going to learn this like Rashi, 
right? So basically, what we see in this is that Rav Papa he says that the mazik uh, is potter if he's doing something within his rights because he has a right to be there. The other one does not have a right to be there. Now, the shot over there is what the Mordechai is saying is that if the uh, homeowner, the Mordechai is if the homeowner uh, he, he, he knows the person is there and he goes out of his way to damage him, that's not within his rights. The reason why over here you'll be potter is when you act within your rights. Within your rights is to do what you normally would do in your rishus. Therefore, I have rights to be there you don't have. You cannot hold me liable because I have rights, you don't have rights. But my rights and my rishus don't allow me to go ahead and do something and actively go and damage you. In such a case, it's not within my rights to go ahead and do. So what you see from here, you do something with the normally in your rights, you have a right to do it. Something above, beyond what's your rights, you don't have a right to do so that supports what Rav Papa had to say. Let's go by to it. We said that if the trespasser's ox, right, uh, Shimon's ox fell into a pit that was used for potables, the word potable? Potable. Potable, not potable? Oh, the potable. Potable? Potable water, okay? Very expensive. You can put it in a pot. Is that, is that what's weird? I thought you can drink. So I don't know. Other potable water is water that can be drunk. Right, but you uh, mean you, you're putting it in a pot. All right. So if it was a well that was used for drinking and his falling into the well now turned the water putrid, Chayev, the owner of the ox, has to pay the owner of the courtyard for the loss of money that the well now is no longer functional. All right? So now, I'm a rubber. Lo shana Shehivish b'shas nefila. Rava says it's very important to understand this halacha is that the water became damaged at the time of the falling of the ox. Means the immediate falling of the ox is what caused the water to become putrid. Avalaachar nefila. But let's say that the water, the ox was there for a while, and only then was the water affected negatively. Then Potter, the owner of the ox would be Potter. Now the one says, my time, what's, what's, what's pshat? What's the difference? At the end of the day, the ox caused the water not to be drunk. So what does it matter if it happened when it fell or it happened only after it fell? What's the difference? So one says, look this, I'll tell you why. Because if it caused damage when it's falling, so then it's Mamana Mazik, the owner of the ox's, the ox directly caused the damage that for, under Mamana Mazik, the water we're gonna see is considered to be like Kalim. The water is considered, it's, like it's, it's, it's the property of the Nizak, and therefore, there, if, it doesn't matter, if it fell, while it fell, it's Mamana Mazik, you have to pay for it. But if the animal came to rest, now it's in, a, in, 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 it's, it's in rest, in, 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 it's no longer considered to be Mamana Mazik, it has a din like boar. And therefore, and if the boar is damaging the water, which is considered to be like kalim, boar doesn't have mechayev kalim. Therefore, in order to say that the owner of the ox has to pay for the water, it had to be while it fell and not after it fell, because then it's going to be like a boar, and boar, you know, chayev for kalim. So Moses is like this. In my time, what's the reason? So Moses says, high shore boar, because the shore is considered to be like a boar if it came to rest. And mayim, and the water is considered like kalim. It's a shtegel chedesh, that we view the water to be like kalim. But nevertheless, why is it considered like kalim? Because it's um, it's something that uh, that is the property or the uh, utility of the of the owner of the chutzer. It's a uh, an inanimate item. Okay, 
Now, so what's it say over there? So therefore, uh, so Hanicha says the Gemara, this only works for according to Shmuel, because he says that you can have bore even if you own it, like we said before. Any obstacle is considered to be bore whether you own it or not. According to Rav, it's considered to be until you mafker the item. So Michael and so what difference does it make if it happened later or what happened during when it happened? So if Rav said it, this is how he had to say it in order to fit the sheet of Rav. The kash is like this. It doesn't mean that while it's falling. It means what made the water putrid is something directly from the animal. Something directly, Raji says, that the animal was covered in dirt and mud and slime and excrement. And that right away may, that cause, that's considered directly from the animal. And that's why you're chayyab. However, Animals have a certain smell about them. And if it's the smell of the animal that caused the water to go bad, it's not directly from the animal. It's considered to be indirectly, and that's grama, and that's what it means that your partner. It's got nothing to do with the timing, but it's got to do more, is it directly from the animal, or is it indirectly? That's the issue. My time, because grama ba'amahu, and grama ba'ama lo chai, you would not be chai. Let's continue on. The Mishnah said, If the bottom of the pit, there was the father of the owner or the son of the owner, and the animal landed on them and killed them, so the owner of the ox has to pay kofr. So one understands like this. We didn't say we're talking about a muad, right? We're talking about a tom. Now, if you're talking about a tom, a tom doesn't pay kofr. So why is it over here that there's a kofr? My hot tom, who? So I'm a Rav, it is talking about a Muad. Now the question is like this, well, how do you have a Muad? Muad means it has to have done the same thing three times. So therefore, what would it have to have done? It would have to have jumped from outside the pit, landing on people inside the pit three times. And it's talking about such a case where this animal has taken a flying leap and landed on people three times. If so, then even an animal that's a tom that kills gets killed the first time. Now, earlier in the Masech, we learned it's talking about that the owner was able to spurt it away, it ran away. But here you're not going to be able to have the animal run away. Why won't the animal be able to run away? It's in the bottom of a pit. So how could it not have been executed right away? So how do you get to a muad for jumping on animals? So Amar Rav Yosef is that... Um, it's the Chaza Yerok of Anafa, like we explained, is that the reason why it's a mood to fall into pits, not that it just jumps into pits when it sees people there, then you're right, that would be Kavon Allah Hazak, you'd have to execute it. The reason why it takes risks, because when it seeds vegetation on the edge of the pit, it leans over to eat it, it's become a mood from that, which creates a Chiv Kofer, but you don't execute the animal. That is the answer of Rav. Shmuel answers, the way to avoid the question is that, yeah, it is a tom, but it's going like the sheet of Yosei for the same way Rav Yosei holds that for a muad you pay nezek sholem and a tom you pay chatsi nezek, he holds for a muad you pay full kofer and for a tom you pay chatsi kofer. So when our Mishnah says that you pay kofer, it doesn't mean the kofer sholem, it's going like Rav Yosei it means chatsi kofer. The Chalm said there's no kofer at all in a tom, but he says there is. And our Mishnah says it's kofer, it means chatsi kofer. 
That is the answer according to Shmuel. Now, Ula doesn't like that answer because it doesn't say Chatzik Kofer. It says you pay Kofer. So Ula says, yes, you can make it go like Rabbi Yosef Lili, but you could also make it go that it's a Kofer Sholem. How do you make a Kofer Sholem if it's a Tom? So he says, Tom or Rabbi Tarfun. It goes like a combination of Yosef Lili and Rabbi Tarfun. Rabbi Tarfun held that Keren the Chatzir Hanizak is Nezak Sholem Meshalem. Is that when you have, uh, even though Kerem in Rashusa Rabim is Chatzin Nezik, Rashusa Nezik, we had this before, that for a Tom, even though it's a Tom, you pay Nezik Sholim. So, according to the combination of Yosef Gilil and Ritarfan says Ula, so it'll be the same thing, Achanami. Kofer, according to Rabbi Yossi Aglili, on a tam you pay chatzi kofer. But using Rabbi Tarfan Svara, that if it's in Rushusa Nizak, Keren, chatzi Keren becomes Nezak Sholem, so also the Rushusa Nizak, chatzi kofer becomes kofer Sholem Mishalem. That's the, that's how you explain it's, it's tam, and by Rushusa Nizak, like Rabbi Tarfan and Rabbi Yossi Aglili, it'll be Nezak Sholem. Now, more on, uh, it says like this, Bishloma Lo'ulo. Ula, this fits very well. Why, why you made the case, the father or the bro, or the son, the son or the father, uh, is in the bottom of the pit. Who cares who's at the bottom of the pit? Have it an outsider, a stranger in the bottom of the pit. Why do you have to make it? Because you want to make it that it's Bashusa Nizak, that he had a right to be there, and by having a right to be there, that created the Nezak Shalem, the, the, the Kofr Shalem, going with Rabbi Tarf and Svara. So I understand why we identified it's a father or a son. El Shmuel, but according to Shmuel, who holds that we talk about over here that it's Chatzy Kofer, and it's not going with Rabbi Tarfun, it's just Tom pays Chatzy Kofer, my area of it, no, why do you have to make it a case of the father or the son at the bottom of the pit? Afilu Acharnami, even if it would be an outsider, it would also be a case of Chatzy Kofer. Sumara says, Urchudomesaktani, yeah, that's, there's no real halachic reason why it makes it, it's just the norm that in a person's property, the person at the bottom of the pit would be the father or the son, but it does not have to be so just Urchid and Mills, that, that's who they normally would find at the bottom of the pit in a person's property, a relative, but it really makes no difference if it was related or not related, it could be an outsider, it would still be Chatzikofer according to the opinion of Ula. So it fits a lot better to, uh, according to the opinion of Shmuel. According to Ula, it fits a lot better why it uses a father and son, but it, the, it can work according to the other opinion as well. The Mishnah said, So we had a machlok between Chachomim again and Rebbe. By giving someone rushus to bring an animal into the courtyard, you have taken responsibility to watch the animal. You become a shomer, he brings it in, you have full responsibility to watch that animal. According to Rebbe, unless you say specifically, I'm going to watch your animal, so then he has responsibilities on his animal, not me. You have to articulate that. Just giving him permission to keep his animal, that doesn't mean you're taking responsibility for his animal. It could be that he's still responsible for his animal unless you speak it out. Itmar, who was stated, Machlokas Amorayim, Rav Amar The Rav said that follows the Chachamim that without taking responsibility, just giving permission alone takes responsibility. Shmuel Amar Rebbe that no, you have to say specifically you can bring it in and I'm taking responsibility. If you don't say that, he's still responsible even though you gave permission. Machlokas with Pasuk like Chachamim or Pasuk like Rebbe. Tanu Rabbonim. We have a Bryce that says as follows: Knoz Shorcho you can bring your ox into my courtyard, but but you have to watch it. You're responsible for watching your ox. Hizik, therefore, if that ox goes out and damages, so then, the and let's say damages the homeowner, so then the owner of the ox 
is responsible. Huzak, if the owner's ox gets, if the, if the, 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 uh, the, the, the that, that ox that you brought in got damaged, Potter, the homeowner is going to be Potter, because again, he said you have to watch it. You're responsible for anything happening to this ox. Therefore, if it damages your chayev, and if it gets damages, I'm Potter. Why? Because he said, I said, bring it in, but I also told you to, to watch it. Now, second ruling of the Brisa. Kenoz Shorcha, you can bring it in. But I will take responsibility for it. I'll watch it. So then, Huzak, if my property damages the ox, then the homeowner's damages, Chayev, I'm going to have to pay you. Hizik, if your animal damages me, Potter will be an exemption. So we have two rulings here. But the one says, Haguvakasha, these rulings, the implications of them at least, are contradictory. Why? This itself is contradictory. Amart, let's go with the first ruling. Knoz shorcha v'shomro. I'm letting you bring your ox in, but you need to watch it. What does that imply? So it says, in that case, here's a chayv, here's a potter. In that case, you had to, I said you have to watch it, so if it damages your chayv, it gets damaged, I'm potter. Time it to Amalei Shamro. It's mashma because I told you bring it in, but I also told you responsible to watch it. Mashma, in that case, Chayv Bala Shora Potter Bala Chotzer. That's where the owner of the ox is responsible and the homeowner will be Potter. Because the homeowner said you have to watch your own ox. Hastama, let's say it was without that stipulation. You didn't say you have to watch your ox. I just said you could bring it in. It implies in such a case, then Chayev Balachotza, the Balachotza would be responsible, and the owner of the ox will be exempt. Because if I never made any stipulations other than saying bring it in, I take, the homeowner takes responsibility for it. The Mestamma because that without any stipulations, just giving a person permission to bring it in, the homeowner becomes the Shomer. That clearly goes like the sheet of the Chachamim. That only where I said you need to watch it and bring it in are you responsible to watch it. Otherwise, I'm accepting responsibility. That is the Chachamim Shita. Because Rebbe said, no, even if you give permission to bring it in, doesn't mean I'm willing to accept it. So therefore, it's the first part of the, this Brisa does not go like Rebbe, it goes like the Chachamim. Amos Sefer, say the second half of the Brisa. It says, Knoz Shorcha, bring in, you can bring your ox into my courtyard. But I, the homeowner, I'll take responsibility, I'll watch it. So it says, Huzak, if the ox gets damaged, I, my ox damages your ox. So then Chayev, the homeowner has to pay because he said he's going to take responsibility. Hizik, and if the, uh, the Nizak, the, the, the animal, the person who brought it in, a- a- animal damages the homeowner, Potter, because again, because I said, I'm, the homeowner said, I'm taking responsibility. Now, time into and you see the stipulation there, what causes the liabilities, because I said, I'm going to watch it. That's That's when the owner of the courtyard is Chai, who Potter Balashor, and the owner of the ox is Potter. But if you never made that stipulation, you just said, bring it in. Then it's mashma that the homeowner would not take responsibility. Chai balashar, the home, the owner of the ox will be re, uh, responsible. Upata balachat, and the homeowner would be exempt. There was stamaloma kabbalani terusa because without stipulation, the homeowner does not take responsibility, even though he gave permission to bring it in. That's Asin Larebi. That's going like Rebbe Shita. To Amar who said Achi kabbalani terusa balabayis lishmor. That the only time the homeowner takes responsibility is if he specifically says, "I'm going to watch it." But if he just says, "Bring it in," you can keep it here. The homeowner doesn't take responsibility. The owner of the ox is responsible. So Reisha Rabbanon v'Sefer Rebbe comes out that the first half of the Mishnah, the inference of it, is going like the Rabbanon and. The second half of this brisa is going like 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 Rebbe. 
So I'm Rabbi Lozer, Anachanami, Tavra. That it is, Tavra means it's broken, it's disconnected. Misha Shonazu, Lo Shonazu. That whoever taught the first half was going with the Shita of the Chachamim. Whoever taught the second half was going with the Shita of Rebbe. That's it. That's the way the Brysel was formulated. Rava Amar, Kula Rabbonin. Rava says, I can make the whole Brysel go like the Rabbonin. Now, the first part clearly goes like Rabbonin. It's because it says, he says, bring it in. And you take responsibility, which implies is that if you don't, if, if I never said, I'm responsible, that's going to like Rabbonin. So then with the second half of the bride, so why did he have to say, uh, bring it in and I'll take responsibility, even without, if it's going like the Hachamim, I don't have to say an I'll take, automatically it's I'll take responsibility. But just for uniformity purposes, I did the Nasev Reisha Shamro, since in the first part of the Brisa it says, bring it in and you guard it. So Tana Sefer, that's why it said in the second half of the Brisa, bring it in and I'll guard it. Even though the second half of the Brisa, you don't have to say I'll guard it. Automatically I'm guarding it if it's going to go like the Hachamim. By letting you bring it in, I'm responsible. But just to keep the uniformity, one case it said, you guard it, therefore he said, I'll guard it. That's that's, but really you don't have to say I will guard it in order to make the homeowner responsible for guarding it just saying bring it in automatically creates that but just again for universal just symmetry of the, of the terminology is why I kept this name that is the second answer third answer of Papa Amar Kula Rebihi you can make the whole thing go like Rebi. So now the only problem is, according to Rebbe, it's going to be a little difficult. Because the second half of the Bryson makes sense. Bring it in and I will watch it. Because if I don't say bring it in and I'll watch it, Stam, you're responsible to watch your own animal. I'm not taking responsibility. So I understand the second half of the Bryson. Bring it in and you watch it. The question is, well, the first half of the Bryson is, is, is difficult to understand. Again, I'm, I'm sorry. The second half of the Bryson said, bring it in and I will watch it. 